Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today we've got an awesome revenge story against a high school sports coach. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I disgusted my food-thieving roommate. My roommate was stealing my food and not only admitting, but apparently bragging about it to my other roommates and calling me a pushover. I didn't want to participate in whatever they thought they were doing, especially since I'm moving away in two months, but I do want my food. Today, they were sitting in the kitchen chatting. I came in, took my meatballs from the fridge, and licked them one by one while maintaining the eye contact with the thief. Then I licked several other items, spit into my milk, it's a waste of milk, but luckily there wasn't a lot, etc. She looked utterly disgusted. Eventually she asked, are you mental? I calmly replied, I always do this, didn't you know? And left. I don't know if she'll stop, but her face of mixed disgust and horror makes it worth it. I just certainly hope that OP put on an Oscar-worthy performance that convinced this person that they've been going to town, slurping down and chewing on things that OP has utterly licked all over. It's a horrendously gross thought for a lot of people. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is Kicked Dog Poo on a Girl at College. We used to walk from the train station to college every day, about a 10 minute walk. Every day, a bus would go past with kids from the special needs school down the road. Every day, the kids would wave and we would wave back. One day, this girl who didn't usually walk with us started laughing at the kids on the bus and making fun of them. Instant anger from us. She didn't seem to care, but the gods shined down on me that day, and a fresh dog poo was on the path in front of me. I made the sacrifice of the tip of my shoe and punted it at her. Amazingly, it was a loose stool and it splattered up the back of her white trousers. Equilibrium was returned to the universe, and I washed my shoe off once at college, content in my petty revenge. Now, I'm not going to say that she deserved it, but she deserved it. Our next story is, my cheating mother likes to lie about me to potential strangers and it backfires often. My mother is a freaking expletive literally cheats on every man she's been with, has treated me, her oldest, she's had for around 25 years like a tool, against my father, since day one. We've been no contact since my 22nd birthday when she stole around $2,000 from me, making me homeless for a time. Her crimes are innumerable, and she's never been a drinker or used drugs, just a crap human. She cheated on my father with a 16-year-old and married the boy, then cheated on him with a boy I went to high school with. I say this because it's well known in the family. To the main story, a few years ago I was getting messages from a random man that claimed to be dating my mother. He said things like, your mother cares about you and hopes you finally got the help you needed for your drug addiction. I'd been clean since 19 years old. She also had a Facebook account with another man's picture he didn't know about. I told both men what was happening. Something similar to this has happened more than once over the years. Cue the petty revenge. I decided to contact my siblings and tell them what mom was up to and ask them to send me screenshots of her double talk convos. 
We now have an entire drive folder that has been shared to over a dozen men. My mother has been single since 2018 and even left the state so as to keep herself distanced from us. I heard she was staying with her mother, so I added grams to the drive too. Even her own mom is snitching on her now. I can't describe the joy this simple act of exposing my mother has caused. My father thinks it's hilarious. You know, when they say that people should have some hobbies, they don't usually mean things like this, but it certainly seems like a fun one for multiple people. And honestly, you're probably doing all those men a service. This next story is, want to mow part of my grass while I'm on active military duty? Have fun repairing your lawnmower. So this happened starting around 2008. My then wife and I purchased a small starter house. I was in the National Guard in a state that stays busy with natural disasters. Therefore, I stayed busy. My neighbor was a crabby old man that was retired and had too much time on his hands. He wasn't very friendly, so I just kept to myself. While I was on active duty, my wife would stay with her parents so the yard would grow tall when no one was there. When I would get back home, my neighbor would spitefully cut one path of grass in my yard to let me know it needed to be done. After a few of these occurrences, I told him he can either cut the entire yard or he can stay out of my yard. He griped that I don't cut my grass enough. Once more, I came back home from active duty with one path of grass freshly cut. Cue petty revenge. My neighbor's mistake in all of this is that he always cut the same path of grass down the side of my fence. The next time my grass got even remotely tall, I went out late one night and laid down long strips of bale wire, approximately 10-20 foot strips, in the spot he always spitefully cuts. A week goes by, the grass gets taller, neighbor takes the bait. The morning after, I see him under his carport with his mower lifted by a chain, having to cut all of that wire tangled in and around his blades loose with cutting pliers. He never touched my yard again. I mean, revenge, definitely mission success. But I have to ask, when you're going to the extent of going out and getting 10, 20-foot strips of bale wire and you're laying it out in your yard, is it not just easier to cut your own yard? I mean, I get it though, you don't want to give in to them and make them all justified. Our next story is, you wronged us, now you pay the penalty. Many years ago, myself and several of my mates, about 10 in total, attended the 24-hour Le Mans motorcycle endurance race in northern France. We had booked a hotel near to the circuit and when we arrived, on the Friday afternoon, after riding from the UK, we inquired about spare rooms, as we had met some friends along the way who had no accommodation booked, but were told that the hotel was fully booked. We were a bit puzzled about this, as the only vehicles in the parking lot outside the hotel were our motorbikes. About 6pm, several large vans arrived and disgorged about 50 French riot police, the CRS, and all their regalia who were staying at the hotel. My friend Carl collected monies from us to pay for the circuit tickets and rode up there to buy and collect our tickets. Carl arrived back looking very upset and informed us he had been stopped on the way by the local police and handed a speeding ticket. He denied speeding as he was simply riding with the flow of traffic. It was also noted that the police were apparently only targeting bikers with foreign number plates. Carl denied speeding to the officer who then took the keys to his bike and informed Carl he would only get the keys back when he paid the fine. The fine was approximately 800 euros. Carl paid the fine with all the circuit money, then returned to us and explained what had happened. He also informed us that he had received no receipt from the police officer for the fine. 
We discussed this amongst ourselves and it was agreed that Carl would go back to the officers, slowly, and demand that a receipt was given for the monies. This he did and reported that at first, the officer pretending that he didn't understand what Carl was asking before Carl found Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. A higher-ranking officer who could speak some English. The police officer finally, reluctantly, wrote out a refund for the monies. As you can imagine, this put a bit of a dampener on our trip. We had breakfast at the hotel the next morning, surrounded by the French riot police, who then disappeared into their vans to be driven to Le Mans Town Center and the circuit. We went up to the circuit and stayed for many hours watching the race. Race starts at 3pm on the Saturday, finishes at 3pm on the Sunday afternoon, arriving back at the hotel at approximately 2.30am. Me and Carl were sharing a room. He was still pissed off about the speeding fine and we both lay on our beds discussing it. After smoking a funny cigarette, I started playing around with the room key that had a brass room fob that the room number was slid into. I then had an idea. We knew the CRS had not arrived back to the hotel yet as all the room keys were laid out on the reception desk in order. There was no staff present as it appeared that they knocked off at midnight. All guests were given a code for the hotel front door. While Carl kept watch on the car park at the front of the hotel, I proceeded to knock out all the room numbers from the keys, mixed them up, and put them back in their holders and laid them all back out again. We then hot-footed it back to our room. About 30 minutes later, we heard the vans return. What followed was the sound of very raised French voices and the sound of doors being kicked in. Carl was laying on his bed with the pillow over his face to try and suppress his giggling. We agreed to not sit together at breakfast so as to not start laughing and give the game away. 
None of our mates were aware what we did the night before. It wasn't until we arrived back at the circuit to watch the race reach its conclusion that we informed our mates of what we had done. Several remarked that the CRS weren't very happy at breakfast. So we got fined, but found a way to get petty revenge. Hey, OP said that they wrote a refund though, right? Like, although they might not get it right away. Not only did they get fined and get revenge, but they also got a refund for the fine, right? So things ended up pretty fine. This next story is, boss exploited me, so I secretly ate his food. When I was a teenager, I worked as a dishwasher every Thursday for six months. This restaurant was disgusting. We, the dishwashers, had to use the same towels multiple days in a row because there were no clean ones, which is extremely unsanitary in a kitchen. The chefs and waiters absolutely abused their power and asked me to do so much extra work as if I didn't have a mountain of dirty dishes, glasses, and cutlery to clean. I could be extremely busy and suddenly have to run out and buy something for the chef. And when I came back, they were annoyed because they didn't have enough plates or whatever. I was also scolded for washing a cast iron pan with soap, even though nobody ever told me how to wash it properly and I didn't know what it was. A few times I was called in to work on my day off because they had an event. And when I told them I had to leave at 10pm because I had school in the morning, they just laughed and reminded me that I could leave when I was done. Sometimes at 1am. They exploited the fact that I didn't know how to say no. But the worst one was the fact that everyone always left before me in the evening because they were done and wanted to go home. I was a 16 year old girl and was responsible for closing the restaurant up all alone and I had to walk 300 meters down a creepy alleyway when it was dark at night to throw out the trash. I was all alone at night in the city centrum in a dark alleyway. My grandfather was picking me up one night and he was so mad about it that he asked me to quit right away. My mom agreed and I quit. But before I quit, I had been getting my own petty revenge for a while. As I said, I was alone at night. Sometimes I was alone for a couple of hours while I finished the dishes, washed the floors, and cleaned up after people. I knew that they didn't keep count of certain things like how many sodas, ice creams, pancakes, etc. they kept in the freezer and fridge. So every time I was closing up alone, I had myself a little party. I was also starving because I never got any breaks to eat. So while I was washing up, I drank a couple of sodas, ate an ice cream, and maybe warmed a pancake or two in the oven for myself. I never touched anything important, like the money. I just ate what I wanted and cleaned everything afterwards so they never knew. I even took a piece of cake or a sandwich with me home a few times. When I quit, the boss was mad because I was apparently the best dishwasher they had. The other washers were lazy and unreliable while I was very reliable and fast because my mom taught me to work hard. I don't think I was anything special though, but I guess it's hard to keep good employees when you treat them like this. I also got a bad recommendation letter, but I will always remember how sweet the food tasted while I cleaned up everyone's crap alone. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that you're scared and you're alone in the city center at absolute worst hours, and the fact that you're probably not getting paid enough or maybe even at all for all of this late, late overtime, Some might say having a night shift where you just kind of are left to your own thoughts and that you have enough downtime to even prepare and enjoy some snacks wouldn't necessarily be such a bad thing, especially if you're the kind of person that finds something like dishwashing to be potentially meditative. You can kind of just think and reflect while you kind of go autopilot physically. 
Our next story is my brother-in-law gift policing our secret Santa list. My family-in-law wanted to have a secret Santa. My boyfriend took the initiative to generate one via an app or website, but then my brother-in-law complained that the gifts would be too random and he wanted one where everyone could make a wish list. So he did that. There were no rules of how many gifts you could put on your wish list, except that the max price would be $50. Suddenly, I got a text from my brother-in-law that it's not okay that I only have one item on my list, a hair straightener. I tried to explain that everything I really want, I've already bought it myself and that I wouldn't put unnecessary things on my list. He then went on a dictatorship rant at my boyfriend how not okay it was that I only have one item. Nobody else was having a problem with that. He started to demand I should put three items at least. So I put three straighteners on my list. Just different brands. Here you go, Mr. Gift Police. Three items. I'm not gonna lie, something like Secret Santa kind of scares me because I don't even know what I would tell a random stranger that I would want. I suppose it's kind of cool if you're in the Secret Santa where they just kind of get you something random. But I'm the kind of person that if I want something, I generally have acquired it probably already. Or it's something so ridiculously expensive anyways that it's not reasonable to expect it as a gift. So for me, it's like, I don't know, if you're going to give me $50, just give me like a $50 Visa gift card or something. I'll just end up using it on like cat food or something, but hey, it's useful. Our next story is, I've posted the story before, but it's a great Christmas story about petty revenge. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. A good friend of mine had been married for two to three years. One day, a couple of years back in November, his wife sent him to the store to get Christmas greeting cards to send to all of their friends and family. He dutifully purchased a couple of boxes of cards he thought were lovely and returned home with them. His wife hated them so much, she made a big stink about it and forced him to return them and buy different ones. So he did, but he kept the old ones. The next November, he mailed one out to everyone who sent him a card last year with a note telling them he's playing a prank on his wife and to please use that card as their card to them. Come mid-December, the mantle over his fireplace was decorated with 50 or so of the cards his wife disliked the year before, all with cryptic messages about hoping she likes their card. His wife loved the card and thought it was the oddest coincidence that so many people had used the same greeting card. Finally, at Christmas dinner, she was let in on the joke, but claimed to have no recollection of ever sending him to buy different cards. Oh yeah, okay, so it's funny how when they forget about it and they get these cards from all of their other family members, they all of a sudden love it, but it's definitely not good enough to ever have come from her. This next story is, my brother ransacked my room, I cost him a job, prevented him from sleeping, and jacked up his phone bill. New account for anonymity's sake, let's set the scene. It's 2010. I had just turned 18 and spent a long summer week away from home enjoying my new freedom to come and go from my parents' house as I pleased. During the week, I crashed at friends' houses, went camping with other friends, 
video games, and all the cigarettes and tobacco products and snacks me and my friends could afford. My meth-addicted brother, 27, I'll be referring to him as Mac, who thought he was going to make it big in the music scene because of all the different drugs he was willing to do. He thought being on acid made him play as well as Jimi Hendrix because Hendrix did acid. This is relevant because in one of his many drug-induced rampages, Mac was convinced his USB microphone was in my room. So Mac knocks on the door while I'm away, convinces my dad that he was recording in my room and left it in there. It was never in there. He was never there. My dad was so wrapped around Mac's manipulative finger that he never questioned anything he did. I kept careful inventory of my room because my parents and siblings would steal from me all the time and try to use my bedroom as a storage room for all sorts of things. Thinking back, his excuse was likely just to steal from me like the rest of my family did. Mac goes into my room, tosses the place like out of a movie scene during one of his notorious benders. He flips the mattress, empties out every dresser drawer onto the floor. Nothing was the way I'd left it. After all was said and done, I had to spend three days cleaning and reorganizing my room because of how badly this tweaker destroyed everything of mine. Things were broken, clothes everywhere, bins and boxes dumped on the floor. It was like a tornado had rampaged through a trailer park in Iowa. My dad had heard all of this going on and did nothing. I showed my dad the mess. Dad just shrugs at me and says, He's in his 20s. What do you expect me to do? How about freaking stop his strung out butt from tossing the place? How about at least calling him to have him clean up his mess, I replied. He practically ignored me before walking off and says, He was looking for his microphone and you need to just deal with it. Going to my mom was no different. Mom was so terrorized by him that she wanted no part of anything involving him because she felt unsafe. I can't blame her. He became aggressive when challenged on anything he did wrong. Realizing nothing was going to be done by my parents, and that this was no matter to call the police over since dad let him in the house, I did exactly what my dad said and dealt with it. I tried to be diplomatic at first and asked him to come clean up my room. He laughs, makes fun of me, and then says, I needed my microphone. I asked if he found it. I know he didn't because I knew where it was, over in my dad's garage. He never answered. I scooped up the microphone to hide it even better, stuffed it into the rafters of an old shed on the outskirts of the property, inside of a large PVC pipe stacked up with other pipes. It's where he went to smoke his stuff sometimes, so I knew he wouldn't be looking for it there due to the paranoia of being caught by any of us. I gave Mac one final warning text to clean it up or else. He again made fun of me. Cry baby bench, how difficult is it to clean your own room? You're just a lazy piece of crap. That last one really torqued me because he was a thief and did everything he could to get out of work. Later that night I decided to do my best Tom Petty impression. I leave my parents house to sit around a campfire at a friend's house. I waited until I left because then Mac couldn't find me. Neither could my dad. I knew my dad was going to simp for him and defend him yet again. I waited until Mac would have been nice and comfortable at home. I lit my first cigarette of the night and promised myself and nothing would stop my ensuing plan until I smoked the whole pack. I had recently learned how to SMS bomb. At the time, you could add the same contact into your SMS app multiple times for a group chat. I believe it was up to 30 on the phone I had. For every one message I sent him, he received 30 in total. I spent hours sending messages to Mac, 
If I had a cigarette in my mouth, I was text bombing him. I spent from 9pm until 4am sending Mac thousands upon thousands of text and picture messages. I have now dropped a Hiroshima sized text bomb on the fancy Blackberry he was so proud of buying a week or two before this. For anyone wondering, it was simply a copy and pasted text that said, this stops when my room is clean and a picture of the mess he had made. I alternated back and forth. This took very little effort and left him inundated with notifications every 1-3 to three seconds. This effectively DDoSed his phone into oblivion. It was locked up tighter than a New York subway car. He could not call, text, or even open anything on his phone other than my text messages. Dad starts frantically calling me around 1am. I ignored it. Then my mom calls me and leaves a voicemail for me to call him. Worried it's an emergency, I call dad back. Dad picks up the phone, screaming at me, His phone is locked up and he can't use it. You need to stop this right freaking now. I replied, He needs to go and clean up the mess he made of my room right freaking now, or just deal with it like I have to. The argument continues for a while longer. The entire time he's defending Mac tooth and nail. Eventually I broke it to my dad that there was nothing I could do to stop the flow of messages and notifications. He hung up and never brought it up again. After the smoke had cleared, pun intended, I found out Mac had his Blackberry locked up for 10 days. He wasn't able to respond to a job offer and wasn't smart enough to leave an alternate contact means. The job went to someone else by the time Mac was able to return their call. He was still going to be stuck at the job he loathed for a while longer. His phone plan had a monthly SMS slash MMS and data limit that I absolutely destroyed. The month's bill was over $300, I want to say closer to $400. His live-in girlfriend was also ticked because they had to leave the phone on and plugged into a charger to let it process the messages for my mass messaging campaign the night before. The notifications made the phone unusable and they were stuck listening to the notification sounds for those 10 days. They tried stuffing it inside of a blanket but the phone would get too hot and they were worried it would start a fire. On the counter, plugged into an outlet, it sat, keeping them awake and annoyed constantly. Another two months rolled past. I finally decided he could have his microphone back, kind of. I took it out of hiding and stuffed it in his keyboard box that was also stored at my parents' house. He found it there not too long after and never even apologized for what he did. Not that I ever expected him to. He even bragged about finally finding it. He never went into my room again without my permission, out of fear of his phone being locked up again. Honestly, this whole thing just screams a relic from the mid-2000s. Anybody old enough to remember when blackberries and palm trios were like the thing to have? I don't know if it's far enough in the past that I'm just straight up aging myself now. Our next story is, Grumpy High School Sports Coach Likes to Dish It, Can't Take It. So I'm a licensed academy soccer coach and landed a sweet job a few towns over. Job site is a massive astroturf field with multiple soccer fields all next to one another. It can have up to four different games slash practice sessions happening simultaneously at any given time. Now, because it coincided with high school season, those games had priority. We were told to wait until those games were finished before running our sessions. One day, I see my assigned field being used, but no opposing team in sight. It's seemingly just a high school practice. I try looking for their coach, and it happens to be the dad of a kid I spent my entire high school soccer career playing against. Let's just say it's a small world and in the soccer community here, 
Everyone at a certain level knows everyone. This guy is very overweight and was known for being loud and obnoxious. Recognized him immediately. He would always encourage his kid to hurt other players and play dirty. Of course, playing dumb when called out on any of it. I walk over and calmly tell him that I have a permit for that particular field. He's big and walks with a limp, so he coaches from a foldable lawn chair. He looks up at me and just laughs in my face. So I text my boss about it and I walk off. Sure enough, I watch as he gets a call. Not sure who it was, but he was ticked. Yells at his players to sprint to the field at the far end, folds his chair and walks off. Cool. I run my session and that's that. Except it isn't. Over the next few days, I start noticing some of his players with a few of my soccer balls. We have a locked shed on site with equipment. Makes it easier for coaches to access without wasting trunk space. I don't know who opened it up for them, but somehow they got in there and took a few. Now, I didn't want to jump to conclusions, but high school uses select balls. Mine were Adidas. I foolishly forgot to mark mine, though. I ask around and find out he asked another coach for access to the shed, cause sometimes they need more balls but we'll put them back. Next thing I know, my balls are back in the shed, but I'm missing 5 out of 15. Each kid at my session takes one for personal use. Now my players have to share and it's a problem. I replace 5 with my own personal balls I use for one on one training. Well next day another 3 are missing so I confront him about it, as I see 2 of mine are in his practice denies it and claims he bought him. Cue the revenge. I didn't plan for this, but on this day, I get to work an hour early. I see his chair and other game day equipment on the field being dropped off by an assistant coach. Tent, foldable bench, balls. With no one else in sight, I remember I had a screwdriver in my trunk to switch my car plates and rush to get his chair. His assistant had gone to wait in his car and had no direct line of vision to that field. I loosened a few screws before deflating a handful of balls. I unfold his chair and have it ready to be sat in. I waited patiently as he and his team arrive. Parents start arriving as well. I watch him finally get dropped off at the field entrance. He gets out, grabs his cane, and wobbles over to his touchline. As he gets closer, I approach the fence and spark conversation with some parents. Front row seat. You bet your sweet buns he sits. The type of sit you take when you don't expect to pop back up, like on a fluffy couch. Chair crumbles from under him but only on one side, so he rolls over after falling off unable to get off his belly. Boy was he embarrassed, you had to be there. You know, it's almost sad being a witness to this. I mean, you get revenge, but then you're all of a sudden watching this guy who is literally incapable of being able to push themselves up off the ground anymore. I'm assuming mainly because of their weight. Like, I don't know how much I'd be able to smile or laugh at that when I start just witnessing this guy whose quality of life is that impacted that they can't even really sit up. Our next story is, my mother blamed me for what my stepdad did to me, so I got petty revenge. This was years ago, but back when I was 14, I came out to my mother about the abuse my stepdad was dishing out to me. If you know, you know. She blamed me because I was wearing shorts that were too low. And while this did mess me up, I spent several time over the next five years till I left being petty to the both of them. I dipped my mom's toothbrush in the toilet water. I used my stepdad's facial trimmer to shave off my very specific area of hair since he complained about them. 
I went through my mom's texts and would spill the tea about her being a tramp to anyone who would listen, including family. I would also listen to my stepdad talk so much crap about her because he thought I was an adult. We'd both laugh at how ridiculous she was, then I would go back to her and listen to her do the same thing and encourage them both to break up, causing drama. I'm better now, but during dark times, those were small things that brought me joy. Anyone else passively aggressively freak with their abusive parental units? Well, first of all, somebody who had been like that and did those things aren't even worthy of being called a parental unit, not to drag the whole thing down. Sadly, I think a lot of people who are put in positions like this, they have to find these little moments of revenge and these little moments where they feel like they have some small successes or victories. Because how else do you grow up in an environment like that and manage to stay relatively sane? I mean, you gotta have your moments somehow. But needless to say, somebody like that deserves far worse than just small bits of revenge. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.